0: Welcome to the What's the Revolution show. A show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Forkroos. What's good, revolutionaries? I hope everybody is doing well and enjoying their week. (laughs) Trying to beat the heat that's getting us down here in New Orleans, man. I look forward to the break in the weather. I actually got to spend some time in Oakland last week with the good people at the Movember Foundation and the Prevention Institute who are doing amazing work around boys and men of color. Shout out to Kalala Collins, the director, the local director of the Making Connections site here who's doing also amazing work in the St. Rock community. I spent Sunday doing something that I hadn't done in a long time, family. (laughs) I watched golf. Yes, that's right. I watch golf. And uh, there was a reason why for years I have not watched golf. My main man, Tiger Woods, had not been playing or he had not been winning or he had been drawing from tournaments. But I saw on my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook feeds that Tiger was leading the tour championship. And so I decided to do something that I had not done. I sat on my couch, got a beer and watched 18 holes of golf. And what I realize is that there's a comeback in all of us. You know, there's something that is going to stand in our way, that is something that is going to beat us down. Life will get in the way. Life has gotten in the way for brother Brother Woods. You know, we think back to two thousand eight when he wrecked that nice escalade. His marriage faltered, his back went out, his body began to say, You know what, brother, you can't do this. That was his rebuilding. And you think it took 10 years for him to get back to where he was, right? He hasn't won a tournament in five years. Imagine that, working so hard, and you still cannot win. Time after time, and you're still failing. But as the good men of Omega say, you know what? Perseverance. Do your thing. Keep striving. Keep pushing. Keep moving forward. And that's what I saw on Sunday afternoon. The great Tiger Woods coming back from failure to win, to be successful. Because that's what it takes. And that's what this show is about. Asking all of us, what is our revolution? A couple weeks ago, I was able to meet meet a wonderful brother at, at the Black Men Excel Conference. Black Men Excel Conference. And this brother was amazing. He Stood out amongst all of us that were there, doing his amazing thing. You would never know this brother, with his carefree nature, with his infectious smile, would eventually be the Black Men BE Modern Man of the Year. This brother is doing amazing things across across the country, and so I wanted to take an opportunity to bring him on the What's Your Revolution show to talk about his journey. So you could hear why this brother was the B.E. Modern Man of the Year. So without further, you know, further delay, Brother Frank Brady, how you doing, brother?
1: Hey, mic check. Is this thing on?
0: Mic check. It's on, dear brother. How you doing?
1: Oh, man, I'm excellent, man. I'm pumped and I'm psyched, man.
0: You know, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I know your schedule is busy. I know you're doing your thing, brother. So I appreciate and humble that you will take time to talk to me about your journey about your revolution um so let's let's get started you want to get started brother let's do it let's do it so frank man uh you know they call you the hope dealer and we're going to get into that for one in a a moment but i want to ask you bro what's your revolution frank frank are you there with me brother sounds 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 like we lost frank where did you go if you're (laughs) You know, there's always these technical difficulties. We're going to get Frank back on the line. So I just want to talk a little bit about what Frank does, man. They call him the hope dealer. This brother is a poet. He's a teacher. He's a dreamer. He has the ability to just inspire people to do bigger things. And what he's doing in his area of the world is that he is actually working with students to promote art. Uh, to give them an opportunity to see how art can actually be a means for their success. And there he is. He's coming, he's coming back. But his, his means in promoting art as a way for us to succeed for young students as they go through their opportunities, uh, in life to find art. Frank, are you back with me, brother? Yes, back on, back on, man, back on. <laughs> hey, man, no doubt, no doubt, it happens. But we have technical difficulties in the world. But I was asking you, bro, what's your revolution?
1: Oh man, great question, man. Uh, my revolution is really to show people, man, that through God, all things are possible. If you put in the work, the grind, on um, you know, and, and and the discipline, you you could have, you could you could have what you need in life.
0: Right. So when you mean, I hear God, brother, I heard that, and, and we want to give blessings to the Father, you know, you say that, how has God impacted your life? Why would you say, why would you put that right there in the in the midst of your revolution?
1: Oh, man, you know, I would say, man, because, you know, faith is, faith became a very important part of my life at 17 years old, especially um, my grandmother raised me up in, in faith, my family has, you know, has that background, um, and... I, I would say for me man it's important because it's been the foundation of how I've been able to be as successful as I've been in my you know in my personal and professional life.
0: You know, and we think about that all the time man how our faith how our faith drives us and interesting we don't talk about that as men. Um you go to right. church you go to church these days and who's in the pews? It's the sisters, right? Right. It's it's right. the sisters. My my mother who's listening. Hello Bertha, how are you? Um You know, sends me a scripture every day. She goes to church every Sunday. She has the joy of now taking care of my 89 and a half year old father and make sure that he, he goes to church. But the spirit was always a part of who we were, uh, who I was growing up. And so, you know, I know she is thankful to hear that, but Moving as a child, you know, as a 17-year-old, how did you bring that, you know, how did you illuminate or elucidate, elucidate that to the, to your friends and to your communities that God was a part of your life?
1: Hey, man, I, I always say that actions speak louder than words, man. I was just really, from a, a young age, I was just about that action, man. It, it didn't look like, I guess, traditionally what it would look like, but for me, man, when I was in high school, man, I was capping on my track team, and. I just had this correlation, man. If I'm I'm out here repping, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and repping hard, and, you know, like, but for God, like, I got to also be in excellence. You know what I'm saying? I got to right. do everything I do has to be in the spirit of excellence. You know what I mean? Um, So, like, you know, on the track, man, I was the first one on the track, you know, last person to leave. I was the hardest work. I was pushing, man. I pushed people to get results, man. No excuse to get results, level up and grow. Um, And, you know, we had a winning record. We was all state. We had all these things. And for me, it was about showing and proving, right. you know, so for me, my life has always been, been about, all right, like, watch this, watch this work, watch, watch my work, right? And my foundation of faith, and that, that's been my drive driving factor. So for me, it's been about less about what I say, but more about how
0: I show up in the world and what I do. I got you, brother. I appreciate it. You know, before we get a little bit more into the conversation, I'd like people to know, you know, uh, as brothers, we have this opportunity to grow, and that growth sometimes comes through what we read. And so I asked this question to my guest as well. What's on your nightstand or what are you reading that is providing you with an opportunity to grow your mind?
1: Man, oh, man. So there, there's been a lot of things that I've been reading um, lately, man. And I would say one book that's really, really, really dope, man, is um, How's That Poor Crack Baby um, by this brother named Sean Blanchard. Um, Sean actually was, like, a two thousand fifteen, I think, being by the of the year, okay. something like that.
2: Right, all um, right.
1: But Sean Blanchard's book, man, just, like, the the things he had to overcome, um, I would make the stories, man, and people's backgrounds, and you know what I'm saying, and reading just what he had to overcome. Like, the brothers, his older brother was a this big-time dealer in Detroit. Um, you know, he overcame a lot of obstacles and circumstances, man. His other brother who just came, another brother who just, just came home from jail, is doing some amazing things, amazing work. Um, the book is just like a lot of, you know, it, 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 it teaches a lot of resilience. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think that book by Sean, man. So um, again, tell me, book,
0: tell me the title. Tell me the title again. How about that for how's that for a crack baby? How's that for a crack baby? Gotcha. And you said you're another yeah. book that you're reading? Yeah, another book
1: that I'm reading, man. Actually, man, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I'm, I'm, I always like to sharpen my skills. Um, as a presenter, as an individual that's always communicating with people, um, captivating people's attention. I read this book called I'm reading this book called Resonate, um, and it's really, really about like you know slideology. Like you're, as you're a presenter, like how do you present and create presentations that will captivate people's attention and keep people's attention? So it's on, you know, like visual stories, right? That transform audiences. You know, how do you use like PowerPoint to technology to really help you? Further substantiate and tell your story to get your point
0: across. Right. So right. Clearly, that's really,
1: that's where you're sharpening
0: the tools in the tool shed. I got you. I, I, look, and I, you know, if people go to YouTube, if they go to uh, Frank E. Brady, right, you can see a lot of work, a lot of the ways that you resonate to the world, brother. Your story is amazing. So in saying that, you know, who are you? Who is Frank Brady? You know, and and why should people in the world know who you are?
1: Oh man, that's a beautiful question. <laughs> um. That's a beautiful question, man. I feel like I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but really, man, Frank E. Brady, man, um, you know, I'm a combination of things, really, at the end of the day, man. Um, I'm a I'm a communicator, and I do that. I communicate through through empowerment, you know, empowering and sewing into and building others. Um, I do communicate through entertainment, through the arts, um, through performing arts, the power of art to tell stories. And I'm an educator, man. I, I like to teach people stable and, and, and transferable skills to help them in their personal and professional lives. You know, so that, that comes across many different ways. But I, I like to be able to hit all of those bases.
0: Right, You know, right.
1: educator, entertainer, empowerment,
0: speaker. I got you. I got you, brother. So give me an example. You know, if I'm, I'm, I'm looking to bring, you know, someone in to empower my students, man, why am I coming to you? Why are you that person?
1: You're coming to Frank E. Brady because, man, I, I just – ter- if we're talking about just in terms of dealing with students and youth, which is a really big part of my background, you know, I've been studying youth development and youth culture since the age of 15 years old as I was a youth, right? Um, what youth connect to, what teens connect to, right? Like what is – what causes them to engage and lock in the conversations to lock in the presentation, just to, to internalize information and content. Right, like I'm, I'm really adept on the delivery of that content in the way that they're gonna they're gonna pay attention. Right. Um. I think outside of that, just in general, man, I've had the opportunity to communicate and learn from people from diverse, um, you know, ethnic, racial, religious, um, like backgrounds, you know, and I've gotten the chance to build with all these different types of people, and I've learned a lot about different cultures. Um, you know, different walks of life. So I have this, like, this universal, diverse, um, you know, international, like, global perspective when I come into any space in any room because of the experiences I've been able to, I've been fortunate enough to experience the conversations I've been fortunate enough to have.
2: Right, right, exactly.
1: You know, so I can I cultivate and create, you know, um, content that that's far-reaching.
0: That's far-reaching. you listen to the What's Your Revolution show with Dr. Charles Corperew. Sitting here having a, a, a great conversation with Frank, Mr. Wonderful, the Hope Dealer, Brady, uh, as we talk about how he is empowering the people in his community. And, you know, there's a a, a thought that I'm going to give in a few minutes, an accolade that I haven't even talked about yet, and really the impetus for him being on the show. But, Frank, why do they call you the Hope Dealer, brother?
1: Man, the Hope Dealer, man, that really derives from, you know, growing up in my community and you know, seeing what drugs had done to the community, right? Um, you know, having friends, people I call family impacted by drugs, right? You know, the allure of like the the drug dealer, you know, the in my community, you know, and just like in, in the in the communities of youth I work with, how how much power and just one day, man, I thought about, you know, that's dope, that's being sold, but what if it was hope? It just kind of clicked to mm, me. I was like, yeah. this home, right. And it just—it literally came out. of No, I was writing this poem, and and um, I just took this power of the the dope dealer and flipped it from dope to hope. And I said hope, like hope dealer, like this somewhere that deals hope instead of dope. The antithesis of like dope in terms of drugs is hope.
2: Right. And
1: I just, I it just started to stick because I've always been it a, resonated. I've always been a fan. Yeah, I've always been a fan of what's called counter culture, right? Or so, like you know. Counter culture is just something where, and I I coined the term for how I utilize it. Counter culture is like, how do you get there? Is certain negative things in the world, right? On um, negative behaviors that have a certain appeal, right? Negative action, negative themes. So how do you flip that appeal? How do you flip the negativity and take the negativity off to positive, but still keep that appeal?
0: Right. Exactly. Um, so you counter. So from dope to hope. Right. Right. No, it, exactly. And we need people like you in our communities to say, you know, we're going to turn this around. Uh Brother, where are, actually are you? Uh What community in the country are you?
1: I'm based out of that Elm City, New Haven, Connecticut.
0: I got you. Connecticut. <laughs> I don't spend a lot of time out there, man, but I know uh I know they are benefit from the work that you're doing. As I did my research on you, you know, I was like this compelling brother and the things that he does. I found um, a story about you, man, and how you were able to turn adversity, particularly as a school-age male, into success. Talk about what it was like for you to say, you know what, um, I've been in a certain level of class, and I'm over this, and now I'm ready right. to go. Tell us that story and what what that was like for you.
1: Oh, man, definitely. You know, when I, I moved up from um, New York to Connecticut when I was a teenager, and that was really man a move because I was getting in trouble in New York. Um, I was hanging around the wrong people. Um, I was just getting some you know some negativity. And my family thought it would be better for me to be in a different environment. So you know once I, I left New York and came to Connecticut and I started going to Connecticut public schools. Um, when I was in high school, I was placed in a class for kids that were really labeled at risk and with behavioral issues. Right, so I couldn't I wasn't in like regular classes with the regular student population. Um, you know, and I kind of came to a point where I was, I was turning things around in my life at that time, and I wanted more, and I just made this bet to the, the teachers and the staff at that time, look, I don't want to be in this class. I want to be with regular population students, not to say there's anything wrong with the class, and it works for some students that need it, but I wanted to prove that I could, like, hang in regular classes, So I said, look, if I could turn around not just my behavior, but I could show you that I can do the work, right, Like, if I can show you that, can you let me go into regular classes? You know, so after so many conversations and me presenting my presenting my side, they allowed me to partake in, you know, this little probationary period of like just to analyze my behavior, analyze like how I was showing up, you know, my my ability to do work and you know, because of that I was placed into regular population. With the general student, you know, in, in, in the general population.
0: Right, right. It almost, you know, it's interesting you say that. It, it almost sounds like incarceration, brother. Um, and, mm. that, you know, and that you, when you say general population, like this was, this was the, the space that you needed to get into, um, and that you had to prove yourself. It's interesting because mm. we know of the disparities that are happening across the country where, Too many of our young men of color are are placed into special education classes. Um, partly due to the, uh, inaccuracies of testing or the, Mm -hmm. or the lack Mm -hmm. of cultural competence that we see within school divisions and with, within, uh, within teachers who may mis, um, misunderstand or, uh, miseducate or, uh, misdiagnose students. Um, who, you know, who our brothers need opportunities to be themselves in classrooms. And so, um, I work across the country with a lot of people and, in trying to help them see what are the different tactics that we can use in the classroom to help our young men succeed instead of saying, you know, we're going to put you in to certain classes because we think this might be better for you. Um, but it's interesting that you said, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm done with this, Right. And that you had right. the fortitude, right? How old were you at this time? Man, I was about like
1: 15.
0: Wow. So you think about this. You're 15 years old. You're, uh, an early adolescent, right? right? But you have the fortitude to say, you know what? I'm done with this. This is not for me. But you still had to prove that, right? And the thought of is that I've got, I want to go into general population. Well, I mean, school. <laughs> Do we want to say this is general population? You know, for you, it was getting to the point where you wanted to, to me, that you may want to feel, I want, I want to be a normal kid. I want to be treated like a normal student, right? I know that I have the means to be successful, uh, and so I'm very, I'm very proud of you, you know, in that sense. That you said, I'm done with this, and I'm going to show you. What would you say to many of our young boys who may be in similar settings right now, who say, you know what, I'm done with this? How what would you, what would be the advice that you give them so they can work, work it out, and be like you? Man,
1: I, w- I would say first and foremost, man, like it starts with the power of you know something so powerful is decision. Like when you make up your mind that you're gonna do something, and like your mind is made up, that can really shake things up, right? So you gotta make that decision and realize you have to. When you make that decision, you have to accept all that comes with it, and all that comes with it means the hard work, right? Right? Means understanding there's that people that's gonna doubt you, that's gonna that they're gonna believe that you can't do it. Um, it, it means that there are people that are just not going to, they're not going to believe in you. Right. Right. And you have to show and prove, you know, so you have to execute, right? Like actions speak louder than words. You have to show that, okay, look, not only can I do the work, not only can I, I could, I could, I could, I could stay, I could, I, you know, I, I can make this happen, but you know, I can do this at a high level.
0: Right.
2: What were
1: the uh, supports? Say, man, like, make that decision first.
0: Right. Um, What were the supports that were in place for you that allowed you to succeed? Because I I know that this didn't happen alone. You had to rely on some other people's that other people that believed in you. Who was on your side?
1: Man, my mother, man, my 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 mother, (laughs) my mother, man, my mother was like, you know, we went through too much for you with you in New York, for you to come up to Connecticut and one act a fool, right, and two like settle. Because I know, you know, for her, she was like, she knew what I was capable of. Right. And I had a guidance counselor that also could see the potential inside of me. So you just got to get around some people that are going to call out the potential inside of you and hold you accountable to that potential.
0: Right, right, exactly. And it's interesting you say that. It's going to segue into this conversation about you being, you know, it's interesting hearing that story about how you rose up and said, I'm done with this. And then I'm, I'm going to go and take, you know, what's destined for me. Right? Did you right. think? Did you think at fifteen years old, fifteen years old, you were going to be recognized as the Black Enterprise Modern Man of the Year? Right? At fifteen, did you think that was going to happen? Man,
1: I didn't. Man, I was. I, I didn't even know. It. I, I didn't even know I was going to make it through high school at right. fifteen years old.
0: Right. Right. You
1: know, I'm. I'm still recovering from everything that happened to me when I was in New York, mm. and trying to process how I'm showing up in the world because those. Situations and circumstances, man. I was just trying to get from week to week, moment to moment. I, I would have never known that, like, you know, 15, 16 years later, that I'd be on a national platform.
0: National platform, at,
1: brother. On, on a, on an entity, right? In a movement and an entity, right? A company, right? That I grew up watching on TV. Right. Like, I used to watch Enterprise. You know, it's, it's our world.
2: Right. Exactly. You know, like,
1: I used to watch it as a kid. Right. And to be, to, to, be, to, to be lifted up and given this blessing, this opportunity, man, yeah, it, it's mind-boggling for me.
0: Right. And we're going to talk some more about that. But I wanted to illuminate that at this point in time that the adversity that you felt and faced uh, as a young man and being able to say, you know what, I'm going to take my role, my destiny. And then, like you said, 15 or 16 years later, you are being recognized amongst a group of men, right? You're that person. You know, standing up there with that, that glass award saying that you are the BE modern, the black enterprise modern man of the year. You know, it was a, a joy to be there with you and to talk and revel, you know, and I think that's, that's one of the things I need to say to revel in what was going on during that time. Um, but let's, let's pull back a little bit more, Frank. You are a, a part of the future project. You are the dream director for the future project. Yes, sir. Tell us about that because I've been speaking about alternatives for our young men. Right. And why, you know, and art and why art is so important for us as we deal with the daily traumas of racism, and discrimination. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And 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 getting more of our young men and more of our young sisters to think about how to use art as a means to deal with that trauma. Why is that so? Why is art, you know, something that we should continue to push?
1: Man, it's simply put art is a way of processing, like, what you've been through, right? It's The word, I believe, is cathartic. It's a way to release, right? Uh It's a way for you to take all the things that have happened to you, right, and write about it, draw about it, because you can see it differently when you get it out of you, right? When you get it on paper, when you get it on a song, when you get it on a track, right? When you get it in a sculpture, right? You get to create what's happening on the inside and then see it differently with eyes sometimes for the first time and then you get to share that and people get to resonate with that right. and say you know what i feel you i can relate to that and that opens up conversations because a lot of times sometimes when you're going through all these things you want through your life sometimes it's like you're alone yes but i think when you share it and you share it with other people they're a- you're able to see that no i'm not alone there's other people getting like dealing with this and maybe we can get through this and heal together. Right. Let's talk about it.
0: Right. Right. There's a brother here in New Orleans. His name is El Kasimu Harris. Shout out to that good brother. uh, New father as well. Um, with his partner Ariel Harris, um, and no, well, his partner Ariel Harris, uh, his, his fiance, who will be Ariel Harris. But the brother has done. Um, he's also an artist photographer. Has shot some work about students and their resilience here in New Orleans. A wonderful mm. brother, and showing the power of our students because oftentimes we don't get to see, you know what. Our students are going through, but we also don't get to see their resilient acts, how they're making their way through this. And I think it's an opportunistic time. You are a spoken word artist as well. Brother, can you can you spit a little bit, you know, let, let the people hear a little bit of your talent?
1: Oh, man, of course, man. I mean, I have my this is this piece. I always keep it just like ready.
0: Yeah.
2: Um,
1: this is my life story piece, man. It's my thing. It's my thing. Um, yeah, it's a poem of my life, so it's autobiographical. It goes like, um, I'm from roaches and rats in the crib to iPad, big screens, patios, and max where I live. I'm from welfare to well-off. You see, this poverty, it fell off, these blessings I got to let off, but the process I can break down. You see, I've been a prince, but was never privy into that crown, and ever since, I done learned these secrets, so I've been down. You see, I'm all faith, work, love, and a grind and one hustle. I'm all heartbeat, love, and a mind and one struggle. I've been seeing a bigger picture like a telescope. I'm all hubby. All flowing with these tattoos, these scars and experiences, of these lessons. You call your pain scars, though they're tattoos of your blessings, because like Usher, these are my confessions. thought it was wild, haha, in and out of professions, but it gained more ammunition than Smith and Weston. From the hood to the burbs, I learned the words to survive, and I make my own schedule. I'm anti-9 to 5. I done pushed through all the pain for the classes and the schools that I hate, for the peace. Now I speak life to these MP3s. I speak life over MP3s that try to murder our young peeps in threes with genocide over beats. I do this for youngins rocking drays in their ear because their father was dead beat was changed on these tracks? I push this life-saving heat. I got these life-saving words. I can't stop it. Learn to merely rock on any block so any hit man can holler. I learned it was okay to shine because greatness is laced into my DNA. My mouth is the gun. These words, bars, and poems, they're the clips. So I load my lux with clips so that my mental calico won't jam on safety. I get free for safety. You got to understand, love, the grind is pretentious. All my life I had to be fighting to be born relentless.
0: Yeah, brother. Hey man, that that is why, you know, the opportunities. That was amazing. The and that opportunity that we have to hear that. That that like you said, that's your biography. That's your life story. You know, and we think about the hip hop artists that we follow. They've told us they're artists. They've told us their life story. You remember Biggie and Tupac? Right,
1: of course, man. One of the greatest storytellers of all time.
0: Exactly. And that's what I felt like, you know, a little bit as I was hearing you, brother, you know, that our stories are what, you know, encapsulate us. And they need to be told. They need to be heard. People need to be able to jump into the boat with us, Frank, right? To Mm -hmm. feel us, Right to know where we've been paddling you know where we've been paddling what we've been paddling through what the water feels like to us because sometimes that boat brother has got holes in it you know what i'm saying you know and so brother that that is amazing i want you to think i want you to i want you to think about this you know as as we begin to go to break in, in, in a second right you've mentioned that your gifts will make room for you right and bring you that's right I want you to be able as you think through this when we come back on the other side what does that mean brother you've been listening to the What's Your Revolution show with Dr. Charles Cooper my guest today is the B.E. modern man of the year Frank E. Brady right check us out as we continue this conversation on the other side Welcome back to the What's the Revolution show. I've been having an exciting conversation with the Black Enterprise modern man of the year, Frank E. Brady, the Hope Dealer. Frank, are you with me, brother?
1: Oh, uh, man, I'm
0: locked in. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm enjoying this conversation. Hopefully, everybody out there in WBOK and WHIV land are enjoying this wonderful conversation, talking about your life, your biography. If you missed it, this brother just spit a little bit of his uh, poetry, his spoken word, before we went to the break. Frank, I asked you to think about this, this this quote that I got from actually your uh, BE Modern Man uh, article. It says... You know, that your gifts will make room for you and will bring you in front of great men. What does that mean?
1: Oh, man, it's it's, it's one of my favorite, man. Um, it's actually a scripture, man. My big my big bro, Raymond Cash, um, real big influence in my life, man. He always told me the scripture, man, like he, I think it's Proverbs 18, chapter mm-hmm. 18 or something like that in the Bible. But your gift will make room. A I man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. And to me, what that means is that, look, the the more you sharpen your gift, like, that very special thing that only you can do, right, like, that you do very well, right, like, you sharpen that thing and you you just become a great steward over it, that thing can open doors for you, so many different doors, right, and great men can be men of stature, right, men of high integrity, men of high status, um, men of power, right, and... For me, that has meant that I've just really spent the last, like, 12 years of my life honing my gift as an artist, right, as as a speaker, you know, as a, a, a facilitator of experiences, right, and just as, as an individual that wants to use my, my gifts and talents to make the world a better place to help people, just sharpening those, man, and serving and giving that, and that's afforded me the opportunity to be on – a lot of high-quality, high-profile platforms, right, from, like, you know, thankfully, of course, from, like, BET to the Huffington Post um, to speaking on panels with, like, you know, amazing individuals, right, showing up to being featured on stages with amazing artists, right, from everything from Dougie Fresh to EPMD. Oh,
2: wow. Right, right. Um, Tell to the story, Lupe Brother. Fiasco. Right.
1: Music Soul Child right, to being on Featured Events with Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, you know, I mean, it's just been incredible. The list goes on and on.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Because I've been really, I've been a great steward of my gift that I have,
0: and that's, right, and, and yeah, that's no really doubt. what it's been. I hear that, brother. Um, I hear that, and, uh, and congratulations to all of your success, brother, and that is why you would name Black Enterprise Modern Man of the Year and the great work that you're doing in the communities across the country. Um, but say I'm this young brother, right? Right, Right. I'm I'm this young millennial. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what my gift is. How do I go about looking for it or finding it or even, even assessing myself? Like, what is my gift? How do I do that?
1: I think, I think your gift comes from a place of pain. It's gonna sound crazy. Oh wow!
0: (laughs) Tell the story, brother.
1: But when you look at what is the pain point in your life, what is something that you know that if you can change in someone else's life because of what you had to experience, if you can make that better for someone else, then you will do that thing, right? What is that? What is that thing that you do in your life that you can use to shift someone else's life, right? Right. I look at that as, as your gift. You know, that's just or the space that your gift comes from, right? That's that the purpose. I think like a gift has to be built on purpose, right?
2: right? Exactly. Um,
1: so if I I'll ask that young brother, I'm like, well. You know, what was something you were, or were you on shift in the world, you want to fix? Right? What's something you don't feel like is right? Okay, and they'll tell me that, okay, cool. So now that you don't feel like that's right or that's something that needs to be shifted or fixed, what is something that you love to do or you find great joy in doing? Or when you're doing it you just feel you feel the most complete, <laughs> the most locked in, the most centered. Right. Okay. Now when you find those things, we marry what you love to do, right? Right. with why you would love to do it, and that becomes your vocation. And that's really part of the gift. That's a strong aspect of the gift is the vocation, right? And then now you spend just time sharpening that thing and getting even greater at it and dedicate your time to it and then figure out how you can use that, that gift you have, like right? that vocation though, how can you use that to serve others? because that's what's going to open the door, your service to
0: others. Right. Brother, you've just given the equation, right? You know the formula.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You've just yeah. you know, start with the pain point. Let's put yeah. it together. I want everybody to understand. Let's let's put this formula together. Start with the pain point, right? Right? Yeah. Start with the pain point, find and find where there needs to be something fixed in that that pain point. Mm-hmm. How can I fix this pain point, right? And then how can I use that that ability to fix this pain point with something that I know that I love? Right. How can how can I marry my love with fixing that pain point? Right. Yes. Something that I love to do. And it seems like right. It sounds like, Brother Frank, right. You knew that your mouth, right, simply what the words that were coming out of your mouth could fix a pain point. Right. Right could fix a pain point could say people needed to hear that motivation they needed to hear this brother resonating to them about something that was happening in their lives that they could they could say you know what i feel that i feel that same what? pain right and now you said i've been able to hone that right this right. is my vocation and i sat on a panel a couple of weeks ago for propeller uh, propeller is a um a growth and startup accelerator here in new orleans and i said your skill set right your mm. skill set will solve problems. Right. Your skill set will solve problems. You can be passionate about something, right? I'm passionate about the Yankees, right? But that's not going to solve problems. <laughs> exactly, right? But- oh, I got some.
1: Give me something real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, we're going to level it up. Your gift will make room for you, but your skill set will solve the problems that, you, that your gift made room for.
0: yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. That's a gift made room for your skill set will solve the problem and your skill set will allow you to monetize that, brother. Right. Yeah. That That's the ticket. That's part of the formula. Because at the end of the day, we got to we got to eat, Frank. Well. <laughs> we got to eat. But it's really interesting because that formula, because oftentimes, you know, as you think about, am I doing what I really want to do? Does this make me happy? Is, is mm-hmm. what I'm doing resonating with someone else? Does it shift someone else's life? And it's funny, as you were going through the formula, I had to think about what's my vocation? Right? I've been an educator, PhD, all of these different things, but you know what the best hour of my week is? Mm, what's that? This. <laughs> Ooh. The, the best hour of my week is sitting here talking to other men and women about how men can be the best version of themselves and using mm. using this voice, right, that God gave me. And I know Bertha would right. Lo- right, that God gave me to bring stories to illuminate to use this platform to illuminate stories like yourself. Because what happened, the pain point, Frank, was there wasn't somebody out there like us who was using mm. a platform like this to tell these stories. And that is what What's Your Revolution is about, bringing stories like you and other people with their vocations, brother, allowing these stories to be heard across the world so we as men have opportunities to listen and find the tools because you gave the formula. That's a tool for us right there. You gave Mm. the formula, brother, and so I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much in what we're doing because people need to hear and need to find out what their vocation is. So let's – Let's pull – not even pull back. Let's push forward a little bit, Frank, because we met at the BE – the BMXL Summit. And I I, want to talk a little bit about that because it was impactful. It was powerful, right? And why was it impactful for you to be there amongst all those good people?
1: Man, first of all, let me say, if you have –
2: I know. Well, Tell we we story. Do this,
1: this, 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 this is a funny thing, right? Like Tre said it before. If you've never been to the ghetto, <laughs> come to, I'm gonna say if you've never been to a BE event, make sure you come to a BE event. Yes. Because you can't understand the BE <laughs> event. before for the experience of Black Enterprise events.
2: Right. Right.
1: Man, Black Men Excel was like probably one of the most amazing events I've ever been to. And I've been to conferences, but. I would just say and first of all, you are around people that, that that you resonate with, right? right? That that like that are there to recharge but also to connect right and be empowered but also to relax and, and have fun and enjoy themselves. It's a balance of education, you know, entertainment and empowerment. The three E's again.
2: Right, exactly. Right?
1: It's a perfect balance. Um it, it is a place where You know, as black men, I I say, man, hey, man, it's the black man's version of essence.
0: (laughs) I think, I think, brother, they would love for it to get as big as essence, right?
1: Hey, man, we're going to get it there.
0: Man. We're going to get it there. Right. You know, um, and just to talk about the summit a little bit more. so the B.E. Modern Man, and I want to give a shout-out to – there were five brothers actually from New Orleans that were recognized. Uh, Dr. Walker hey, Kimbrough. Hey,
1: shout-out to the N.O.
0: Yeah, Dr. Walter Kimbrough was one of them, our, our great uh, president at Dillard University. Shamar Allen, the great trumpetist. Um, Larry Morrow uh, and uh, one other brother, and I'm sorry, but I can't remember – um, he actually was on Southern Charm, you know, a uh, good brother who's an attorney and sports agent here in the city. Um, so five of us were actually recognized. So, you know, New Orleans is doing its thing. Hey. But the summit brings together the 100 members of the BE cohort for 2018, or each year, and then it yes, also sir. brings just people from around the country, both men and women. So and women don't think that you can't come to the right. BE Modern, you know, the BE Black Men Excel Summit. Um, we want you to come, <laughs> ladies. Please come. <laughs> yes, um, but you and I both know, like you said, education, entertainment, and empowerment. And you know, we got to hear, you know, from one of the most. Empowering people in the world, uh, Bishop T D Jakes. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. What was that like to oh, What was man. that like to hear him first as he was <sighs> awarded, you know, the first night the Excel Summit Award, and Look. then to hear him the next day really break it down, right? Look, man. Yeah. I,
1: first of all, I am a high hard fan and supporter of Bishop T D Jakes Potter's house over everything. Right, <laughs> that man has. Changed the course of my life and empowered me in some amazing ways, man. As he has done for millions and millions of other people. So let's just say that
2: right. first.
1: Um, just and then, just to answer the question, you know, hearing him the first night was like, you know, you, you go, up, you know, you on TV and you watch somebody on TV for most of your life, and you really think, like, they they they're dope, they're amazing. And then you know, you in person, you kind of get the fan syndrome. <laughs> I was saying, I was
0: like, you a fan say, born and bro Oh, uh,
1: like that's TJ. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, I'm like, yo, is this, is this Jake? I'm watching him, like, he's, like, 100 feet away. MVP.
0: Right,
2: exactly.
1: Um, And he was just dropping jewels and gems in a short time. And I was, in my mind, I'm like, oh, like, this is crazy, the value that Black Enterprise has given us. You don't know how much. They're giving us so much value for such, it's amazing. what they're giving us, and I was like, if he wanted to tear this room up, he could tear this he room did. up. He like, did, he,
0: he put it together.
1: <laughs> I was he, yeah man he was just yeah you know, we were waiting we i think just everybody in the audience was sitting, expectation and hanging on every word that he was right. saying exactly. okay what's he about to say next i'm, I'm ready i'm ready
0: right powerful you know, man powerful. powerful and i remember something that resonated with me um and that seems to be the theme of this show resonance um he said i learned i, I learned to not put a i learned to put a comma Ooh, yep where I, I learned to put a comma right where people yeah. had put a Period. Right. Yes. You don't get to decide the end of of my (sighs) life. I do. Right. And really in this empowerment series, you know, uh, of men and women being together, oftentimes life wants to put a period. People want to put a period. This is the end of you. Right. 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 He says, I'm going to let God put a comma where you think that you're going to put a period. And I think that has been the thing oftentimes as we get to the lowest point. Right. And I started this show today talking about how Tiger Woods, people had put a period on Tiger Woods, brother. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. And Tiger said, no, I got a comma for you. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm, I got a, mm-hmm. I got a comma for you. This is not the end of the story. And we saw that brother at the Winner circle on Sunday winning the tour champion. So again, congratulations to him. And that resonated right there, you know, because it wasn't a comma. For, it wasn't a period for him. It was hey. just, it was just a comma.
1: Let yeah. me ask and you and
0: this, Frank. And Go you ahead. See
1: all the people that were following him. Oh man! I can even say a lot. Probably some of the people talked about him too. Exactly. We were going through all the stuff. Exactly. But you know what? The very people that talk about you will will turn and follow you when right. you, your situation changes.
0: Exactly. You got to
1: keep going and keep grinding, keep keep
0: going. Right, exactly. You listen to the What's Your Revolution show with Dr. Charles Corperew on WBOK 1230 AM and also broadcast on WHIV 102.3, having an amazing conversation with the Black Enterprise Modern Man of the Year, Frank, Mr. Wonderful Brady, the hope dealer, as he's called in his community. You know, as we talk about, you know, the Black uh, the Black Male Excel Summit that happened sponsored by Black Enterprise, uh, over Labor Day weekend and really understanding what this meant for us. Frank, let me ask you this question. When you got there, what were your expectations? What did you expect the brothers to be like when you got there?
1: Man, I felt like, I, so because, and you know, this is biased because I went last year. To okay, the first so black you know, year okay. So you know.
0: Okay. All right. So tell me about I mean, your expectations the first time because it was my first uh, time going.
1: Man, I was excited because, you know, leading up to the Black Men Excel Summit, man, you know, when I was notified that I was a BE Modern Man, um, and I first got the, you know, the I was part of the 2017 cohort of Black BE Modern Man. I just started to read into the brothers' stories of fellow BE Modern Man. I'm like, ooh, oh, this is deep. Yo, this this dude's story is amazing. All I right. resonate with this. I connect with this. And then, like, I had, you know, i had already experienced being around BE Modern Man. Like, shout out to Sean Blanchard. You know that brother looked out for me while I was in Detroit. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, and, I, and I followed his story. You know, and then this brother Masai, who's this dope, amazing poet lyricist, who was a part of the 2015 cohort. Who like really I can credit with the one of the reasons why I picked up the pen and my style, the way I went at it. You know, seeing him and rock, he, he was a one that the Apollo on Showtime, and the Apollo like three times.
2: Right. Wow. You know,
1: as a poet, that's unheard of. Right. You know, brothers like him, um, Jay Barnett, man, King Jay Barnett, you know, the E-Modern Man ambassador who I learned a lot from just, you know, hearing his story and how he showed up in the world, man. So all of that experience I had before I even got the BE modern Man nomination. So as I got it and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to this thing, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm, I'm ecstatic, you know, because I'm getting to, 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 to meet brothers I've, I've, I've watched and I've, I've seen and empower people's lives.
2: Right. Right. Now
1: there's oh there's a hundred of them and it ain't just <laughs> me it's, it's other brothers across the country right we we're about to get together and connect and build and re, you know recharge and the entertainment was amazing and all the entertainment I mean just the whole package that they that Black Enterprise put together. Was just, it was out of this world. And I was like, I didn't
0: know how all that could exist in one space. Right. Actually, all this, all, all this free advertising that we're giving black enterprise today, I need to call them up and be like, yo, I need a sponsor. Hey, (laughs)
1: hey, Alfred Edmonds, you know, Alfred Edmonds
0: Jr. Hey, brother, you know, we got to talk. We got (laughs) to talk, dear brother. Um, it's funny that you said that because I asked you this question, um, specifically because I, you know, I was thinking about my expectations and you know, you have a hundred black men who are being honored and I was a little reticent about going. Um, Mm. In a sense, I was like, they're going to be all of these black men pumping their chest about all of the things that they've done, right? Mm. And sometimes you get in spaces. That's what we do, right? That's what we do. And I actually feel sometimes that we have been socialized to do that because we have to be seen in the world because the world will make sure that, you know, you are invisible, right? Even with Mm -hmm. all of the accolades you had, you're still invisible, right? you got that hoodie on. That PhD doesn't matter. Right. And – So I was a little reticent, like, I don't know if I want to be around all these, all this hubris that's going to happen with all, all of us in one space, you know, bumping our chest. I do this. I do that. I do that. At no point in time did you ever, or did I feel like anybody was bumping their chest to say, you know what? I do this. I do that. At every moment while we were there, Frank, beginning with meeting with you, right? Did I feel like there wasn't love and support, you know, and a bridge for all of us to come together. At mm. no at no point in time. Brothers loved on each other, right? And that is something that I think that needs to be highlighted in this work that Black Enterprise is doing, that they brought together a group of people who said, you know what? I might be the executive director of this at J.P. Morgan Chase. I might be the mm-hmm. vice president of this at, you know, Black Enterprise. I might be, you're right, uh, the CEO of Black the Enterprise. The CEO of damn
1: right. diversity. Right, diversity right. Diversity. Oh, exactly. All of these
0: titles. One. Right, all you of know. these titles. And at the end of the day, you didn't know that. We drank, right? We ate. We laughed. Mm-hmm. We got on stage with White Clap. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? yeah We partied. Right, we acted a fool, and yeah. that was the one thing that um, was really dope, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, about what we were doing. And that's what I love. And I tell anybody: if you have an opportunity, man or woman, if you have an opportunity to go to the uh, BMXL Summit uh, in West Palm Beach at the PGA National Resort, uh, and you need a chance to recharge, you need a chance to be empowered, you need a chance to connect, please. Make time to go. Uh, it is a wonderful experience that I plan on not missing any time over the next couple of years. It was it was amazing. Almost oh, definitely. So our time is running most short, definitely. dear uh, dear brother. We only got a couple more minutes, but I want to ask you this question: How are you going to leverage being the Black Enterprise Modern Man of the Year for your work?
1: Man, you know I'm I'm in the process of strategizing on that now. You know I'm I'm a very humble person by nature. But I also realize that the larger your platform is, the larger of a blessing you can be to other people.
0: Mm. Say it again. Say, it again. say it again. Say, say, say that again. Say that again, please.
1: Then the larger platform you have, the larger influence you have, the larger of a blessing
0: you can be to other man. people. Exactly. Exactly. So thinking about that, all right, how, how are you going to leverage it? Yeah, man. So I think, you know, one of the things, I'm, a
1: couple of things I'm working on right now is some, man, you know, some conferences in my own community. Right you know, leveraging the brothers I met at, you know, Black Men Excel as well, because I think exposure is important, you know, for adults and for youth, right? So a series of events, right? Um, that's one piece. I'd say the other other piece of leveraging, man, is just, you know, I, I got a tour coming up on HOH in the fall, Hooked on Hope. Okay. And I'm using this as a springboard, to you know, to build some more momentum for that tour. I'm going to be going up and down, like, the East Coast, different colleges and universities, you know, inspiring, you know, college-age students, and, you know, one of the other things I'm I'm utilizing this platform to leverage is when I go into these schools and I can say, look, this is what I did with Black Enterprise, you know, this is the award that they gave me. I'm from your community. I've been through the situations that you've been through, but that didn't stop me. That didn't break me. That made me, right? So it's being able to utilize that as a pillar and a pinnacle of success it doesn't matter where you're from it matters where you're going and what you do and what you've been through right right um, those are those are the things I'm doing right now uh, just building a bigger audience um, you know we've got some things nationally and hopefully internationally in the works right now and a lot you know shout out to Black Enterprise for this award as well because it just opened up a whole new dimension of opportunities for me and just another more opportunity to be a, a influence on people man and to shine a light on Connecticut and New Haven.
0: Right. as well. Exactly. Brother, you know, that, that's the amazing, and being able to, like you said, use your talent, use your vocation, use this award to leverage the blessings that people need. People need to hear what you've got to say. Um, as we go out in a few minutes, uh, I want to ask this question, right, and I, I really want you to think about it, because there are brothers out here who want to hear your story, who want to hear something. So for our brothers who are struggling, what are some words of advice that you would give them?
1: Mm. Understand that where you are is not where you will be. Mm. That your pain does not break you; it makes you because it qualifies you for all the doors that are going to be opened in your life. Right? Without struggle, there is no there is no progress. Without without pain, you can't walk in any power. So realize that while you're going through right now, and it may be at the bottom, but you'll get to the top if you just don't faint and if you don't stop. You just have to keep walking through what you're going through and learn from the experiences that you're getting because the very place that, the very place of your greatest pain is can really become the greatest the place of your greatest power. So don't 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 count out what you're going through. It may hurt, right? But that pain is giving you the strength you need to handle all the blessings you want in life. Because sometimes we ask God for all of these things, but we're not in the condition to manage it once we get it, right? And you got to go through some things to be able to manage the blessings that's going to come into your life. But you got to be able to walk through that, and you got to be strong, and pain fortifies your strength.
0: That's it, brother. You're right. Pain fortifies your strength and that we have to be able to lean in our discomfort. Because we will go through those times.
1: Lean into it.
0: You lean lean into discomfort. And as I said on my Facebook blog, uh, as I said at the top of this show, there's a comeback in all of us, brother. Mm. And you, you have shown us through your story, through all of your stories, that there is a comeback inside all of us, brother. And I appreciate so much of your story and, and what you've done for us today. How can people... Get in touch with you How can they hear more about Frank E. Brady The Hope Dealer right? The Black Enterprise Modern Man of the Year Where can they get in contact with you and hear more
1: Oh man First of all Frank E. Brady On all social media Frank the letter E and Brady Not like the bunch but man
2: <laughs> The black
1: man to be exact um, You know Frank E. Brady The Hope Dealer on Facebook Right on um, www.frankebrady.com you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and you can just Google me Google the name Frankie Brady And some content Brady. will come up as well mm.
0: Dear brother, I appreciate it, man I appreciate the time I'm honored to be affiliated with you To know you, to know your story To just have experienced Black Men Excel with you And to have this time today uh, For us to chop it up as men do, brother uh, I wish you all All the success that you are That you have bestowed upon you brother and i wish the blessings that we all need to hear your story right that come from it so thank you thank you thank you again for all that you do in the world
1: hey man and thank you brother for just allowing this platform to exist man and for the experiences and what you bring to the table man and it's good to talk to a black phd brother keep shining that light
0: trying to brother Trying to. You will listen to the Western Revolution show with Dr. Charles from my guest today, Frankie Brady, the Hope Dealer, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, tune in every week to the show. Uh, we are happy to be back on WBOK 1230 a.m. and on WHIV 102.3. We will see you next week, everyone. Take care and have a great week. Peace. Hey! Let's talk. let